beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. <laughs> and I have 10 things to tell you. And you have 10 things to tell. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Today's topic, like many of these prompts, will either give you a buzz of excitement or a lump in your throat. I'm aware that lots of things that we talk about on this show can fall either way. You can't wait to talk about it, or you won't even press play because the title alone gives you some feelings that you would rather avoid. Today is one of those, I think, and believe me when I say that I've been on both sides of this one. The question is, who do you tell? The show is, of course, called 10 Things to Tell You, with the premise being that we all have things we want to share, things we want to say, stuff we need to tell one another. Humans are wired for connection, and that simply doesn't happen without you giving a little bit of yourself. I build these episodes around topics that you can share with friends or partners or even share on social media. There is value to this sharing, telling in these different ways. But as this show goes on and it grows, before we go any further, actually, I want to establish who we tell our stuff to, who is a safe place to parse through some of these things, and who is it fun to share our stuff with. Who do you tell? Does someone automatically come to mind when you hear this question? Maybe a few different someones? Do you wish that you had someone to tell? Or maybe you do have someone, but you want more than just one someone to talk to. 
I've been thinking about this topic for a while now, especially since my own friendship and relationship situation has changed quite a bit in the last few years. It looks pretty different due to logistical circumstances and also just heart evolution. I've also thought about it as I've developed this show because some of you have messaged me how you're using the podcast to connect with friends. People have told me they've taken these prompts to their book clubs or to girls weekends, their mom's night out, or that it has been a fun way for long distance friends to keep in touch. That's one of my favorites actually, when friends collectively listen to the show and then they talk about it over Voxer or text. At the same time, I know that there are people out there who just don't have a person to tell or to share these topics with. Making friends as an adult is so much harder than it was when we were younger. How to make friends over 30. That should be its own episode, right? Even if you have acquaintances at work or in your community, you're not sure how to take that friendship to the next level to where you're really connecting in a way that fills you up. So I'm going to start there. I'm going to start with the basics of who do you tell your stuff to and then how to get there. Not that I am an expert. Please let me tell you that I have screwed this up as often as I have succeeded in connecting with others. So hear me when I say that I am not a human connection expert. But these are just some things to think about if you're not sure who to tell. And at the end of the episode, I'll tell you who I tell and how the very telling has made my life so much better. So when thinking about who do you tell, the number one thing that comes to mind is trust. Trust is just so important. And I don't mean because you're always going to be spilling your deepest, darkest secrets. Establishing trust comes way before that. In friendship, even in early friendship, you've got to feel safe enough that you trust that the other person has good intentions. Trust that they won't be mean-spirited, that they will not outright make fun of you, laugh in your face, or just like say something mean. You have to trust that they won't go blabbing to everyone you know something that you said or that you had lipstick on your teeth all through lunch. You should trust that they would tell you you had lipstick on your teeth all through lunch. Again, in your earliest steps, this isn't about going to your most vulnerable places. It's just about laying down some friendship foundation. And then as time goes on, as people inch closer together, they reveal more and more of themselves just in life. You learn if they're trustworthy or not. Small steps are maybe like seeing someone in a bad mood, and that's not really a big deal. Or Telling someone an opinion or a belief that isn't in the norm for your circle, and then they don't back away. I always know I'm starting to trust someone when I invite them over to the house when it's messy or I don't have a bra on or whatever. When I stop worrying about judgment and how they perceive my home or the way I look that day, that's sort of testing the waters and trust a little bit. And it also says, I like you enough that I care more about seeing you and spending time with you than I do about how you might look at my messy home or my hair. Two things here, though, that I want to mention. One, as I'm talking this through, I'm realizing that trusting others really starts with trusting ourselves, right? If we 
share sort of an outlier opinion. I guess we're subconsciously collecting data on how a person reacts when we do this. But if we also trust ourselves and our own moral compass in that opinion, we probably feel safer to say it. Trusting our own gut makes it easier to trust others because their reaction doesn't make or break us. When we don't trust ourselves, when we like second guess what we think or feel, or when we've been burned by others enough times to kind of make us jumpy in the trust department, not trusting ourselves makes it infinitely harder to trust others. So like most things, start with the man in the mirror. Other things I want to bring up here, it is broken trust. It happens. It just does. Sometimes people tell your secrets. Gossip gets the best of them or whatever. You get to decide how much of a deal breaker that is. Because it can be, of course. It can be a show of a person's true colors. But also in relationship, you just have to accept that people aren't perfect. You aren't perfect. Maybe you misjudged how much you can trust this person, or maybe they're just human and you have to accept an apology and move forward. So trust. Trust is the biggest thing for me. Starting with trusting that you're a decent human being all the way through the steps of relationship until I trust you with the big things, with my biggest vulnerabilities, and I believe that you'll still love me. All these things we're talking about are reciprocal, by the way. I assume you guys know that, but just for the record, I'm going to spell it out. In order to trust others, you have to be trustworthy. To be able to tell people your stuff, you also have to be someone who can be told. We talked about this way back in the intro episode to this podcast. Even though I am actively encouraging people to share, you also have to be open to being shared too. Listening is a key component in any relationship. So don't be the person who always shares and doesn't leave room for the other. This is the opposite of my goals at 10 Things to Tell You. So I just wanted to say that. It seems obvious, but I'm just clarifying here. Okay, so after trust, the next biggest thing for me is having the sense that a person sees me, that they are big picture thinkers beyond whatever my voice is saying to them. And by that, I just mean that they have proven to me, this is true even in new friendships, that they have seen something in me and I have seen something in them that gives me a bigger picture of the story, just in the world. If I'm confessing some mistake I made or some bad thoughts I've had or something like that, they're not going to take this isolated thing I'm saying and decide I'm a bad person. They can look at everything else they know about me and apply it just as another layer. But it's not going to be something that's held against me. There is no scorecard. They can just hold this story or this information alongside everything else they know about me and our friendship. This is especially true and helpful with old friends who have known you for a long time. I think we can definitely go through stages where old friends hold us back They don't let us evolve and change. But I have a handful of friends that have known me almost my whole life, and they can very quickly reflect back to me who I really am. Because they really, really know. They have seen the worst sides of me, my worst choices. They still love me for who I am at my core. There's really not a whole lot I can tell them that would drive them away at this point. 
They are such valuable people for me to tell things to because they have a context for my whole life. They can sometimes even liken it to a childhood event or something. They might make a connection about me and my story that I hadn't even made because they know so much of my life. And we can take turns carrying one another along life's path. A great example of this is my childhood friend, Kara. She was on episode number six with sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free. It is also pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code U-Y-O-U. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. Born Shoes are made with the best top quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca style sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes, just like I did in my Born Sandals last summer. Born Shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born Shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to bornshoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full-price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's born, B-O-R-N, shoes, S-H-O-E-S, dot com and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping, available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. We were talking about how we feel about Judy Bloom now as adults, but we can so clearly remember one another as children, and how we might have responded to Judy Bloom back then. My friendship with Kara and others like her, it is irreplaceable in that way. But this can be true for new friendships too. We are all complex beings, but I tend to think that we get a sense of one another pretty quickly. I told this story last year in my secret posts email, but it's something that stayed with me and I'm going to tell you. I have a newish group of mom friends that I met just a couple of years ago when my kids started a new elementary school. I happen to have met them and started to become friends with these women when my extended family was going through 
sort of a hard time. And one day we were all out together and I was really venting about some family stuff. And they heard me out. They are amazing women. They listened. But at the end of my vent, when I was expecting like high five girlfriend solidarity, they were kind of quiet. And they were a little bit like, this does not line up with who you are. And they gently, they lovingly, they sort of showed me that I was not bringing my best self to this situation. Now, I had only known these women like less than a year when this conversation went down, but they were absolutely right. They didn't need to know my whole backstory. They didn't need to know every player in this family event to see that what I was saying was out of step with who they know me to be. They weren't shaming me at all. They really, really weren't. It was interesting that who they had seen me to be, and I think they accurately saw me, were starting to know me. They were surprised by this sort of bitter tangent that I was taking. Now, old childhood friends might have commiserated with family drama because they know all those people. They know all that backstory. But new friends in this situation, they were so valuable to say indirectly, this is not who you are anymore. Both of those sets are valuable in choosing who to share your stuff with. Finally, and in some ways most importantly, when you're thinking about who to tell your stuff to, pay attention to how they make you feel. This is so important and we can often gloss over this because we're lonely or because we've known this person for decades, we feel a little bit stuck with them, or because we don't cognitively realize that we have a choice. When you leave from spending time with a friend, you should feel generally good things. You should feel full, like a satisfied feeling, or relieved because you were able to get something off your chest, or just happy because it was fun. There are occasional exceptions to this. Of course, if someone was grumpy, if an event was stressful, if there's hard stuff going on you had to talk about. But if you are regularly leaving an interaction with a friend feeling bad about yourself or feeling negative about the world or feeling guilty because you gossip too much or frustrated over misunderstandings, miscommunications, this is not a person then that you want to share your stuff. Doesn't mean that you won't be friends with them. I know that life is complicated and layered, but just pay attention to how you feel, how the energy in your body moves when you're with people. Do you feel like yourself? Do you feel safe? That can be a barometer of whether or not they're a good person for you to tell 10 things to. So when you're thinking of who do you tell, I want you to think about these three things, trust, Seeing you, whether that means seeing the big picture of your life or seeing you for who you are right now, and how you feel when you're with them. If you're not there with friendships yet, it's just something to start paying attention to. Just start noticing baby steps with friends until before you know it, there's been enough baby steps that then you take a big step and your friendship grows in leaps and bounds. Okay, so I'm going to tell you who some of my people are. I'm doing that because I want you to tell your people that they're your people, that they are who you want to tell things to. Tell them that you trust them and that you want to hear what they have to tell. 
I just want us to be appreciating the people in our life who listen to us and who we are lucky enough to get to listen to. The person I tell anything huge to is my husband, Jeff. In episode number two, I loudly proclaimed that my husband is not my best friend because he's not. But Jeff is my number one person. He is my first call. And I do eventually tell him almost everything, even the dumb stuff that I think he won't care about. So then I call a best friend because my best friends are awesome at going through random nonsensical things. Even that stuff, I usually end up telling Jeff anyway. I just know that I won't get the same type of analytic reaction that I got from a best friend, but I still, I want him to know things. The only things I don't always tell Jeff about is online stuff. This is honestly because he just does not understand it and it's way too hard to explain. I will say that many of the prompts on this show, even this one, they're good for partners. Maybe you think you know what their answer would be, but then they might surprise you. Or maybe, because marriage can be a long road sometimes, you're feeling a little disconnected or like you don't have anything to talk about besides the kids. So a prompt, like the ones that I'm doing in these episodes, it might be a good conversation starter. Another person that I tell almost everything to is my sister. I have a beautiful, accomplished older sister. Yes, I am the baby in my family. My sister and I talk multiple times a week about all kinds of things. We are very different on the outside. So, so different in our lives. But we have a lot of the same ideas and sensibilities, especially about woo-woo, spiritual stuff, body stuff. Some of these intimate things I find hard to talk about with others, I can talk about with my sister, We're nearly 10 years apart, which means that we have had a different life experience. We weren't even under the same roof for very long as kids, but there is an unconditional love that comes from being sisters, a natural connection. And so I tell her a lot. There's also a trust with her that is very, very rare in life, and I take full advantage of it. I've already talked a little bit about my longtime friends, but I swear I could fill a whole book about the lifelong relationships in my life and the role that they have played. Part of this, I think, is coming from a small town. I mean, I guess I don't really know any different. Maybe this is true if you grew up in a big city. But for me, having this really specific shared history, the people that I'm close to from my childhood, they bring an element to our conversations that obviously cannot be replicated. There is no pretension with those people. They would call me right on out if I tried to be pretentious. They know a part of me that even my husband doesn't, that I couldn't explain about myself to new friends if I spent one million words. It was interesting after last week's episode, episode number 12, who did you expect to be? I heard from multiple childhood friends. Not all of them were from my hometown, but people who we'd known each other since we were kids. And it was a different level to discuss, in some cases, really authentically discuss who we thought we'd be when we grew up. I was texting with one of those friends, someone who has known me since I was a little, little kid through lots of seasons of my life. She has known me. We were just having a really honest text conversation about that episode and who we expected to be. And while we were talking, I had kind of a revelation about myself, kind of a missing piece between who I expected to be and who I have turned out to be. And because I'd spent some time with the topic making, episode 12, Who Do You Expect to Be? 
It still took an honest conversation, a verbal processing with an old friend to uncover a new layer of that. Longtime friends are just especially good about that. They have an express, a complete picture of you during the telling. Another section of friends that I think sometimes gets poo-pooed by people who don't understand it, that's online friends. I have a couple of groups of online friends, and they mean so much to me. I end up sharing a lot of myself with people who were complete strangers. They were avatars on the internet until we met, and they weren't. Also on the loneliness episode, episode number two, I spoke about how making friends online got me through a really long and lonely period. Many of those friends are still some of my closest confidants. I trust them implicitly. To be clear, at this point, we do see each other in person at least once a year, but it didn't start out that way. Online can be a valid way to make connections. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. I know there can be downfalls to it. I know that you can present a less than truthful self online, but the internet can also be a gateway to in-person connection. You can find people with similar interests and vibes. Also these days, I'm in a podcast mastermind with other women who are doing similar work that I am doing. And so I can tell them things that I can't tell my longtime friends. It doesn't have to be like secrets, but we're just in this shared space of podcasting so I can share struggles and strategies. Answering the question, who do you tell? They are definitely people I tell and that I listen to. Funny story, this same new podcast mastermind, on the very first meeting we had together on Skype, where some of these women were strangers to me, we had never met in person. After talking through some work stuff and then some life stuff, I just burst into all kinds of tears. Right there on the computer screen, I started crying. They did not run for the hills, although I wouldn't have blamed them if they did, but I knew that how they reacted to me being a mess that day, A, they could be trusted, and B, they saw me. They could see enough of who I was that they wanted to continue a friendship with me. God bless them. Then I have my LA mom friends. They've become an enormous source of joy for me in the last few years. Not just because they're wonderful women, but because we are having a shared experience right now. And it feels so good to have someone in the trenches with you. Someone you can text, is today the field trip? Or then also, should I buy these shoes? (laughs) I love these women. I hope we'll be friends for a long time. I also know that friends of circumstance, because you work together, you have friends in the same activity or whatever, they can be people you tell. You don't have to be soulmates. And just because you're not soulmates doesn't mean you shouldn't invest in the connection for the moment. We all need it. Now, I am not putting my mom friends in this temporary category at all. At this point, we have moved well beyond that. We travel together. We laugh together. We are being in this motherhood thing together. But I'm also pointing out to any of you who may think you don't have anyone to tell anything to, just start where you are. Look around to find someone, anyone, who has a thread of something in common. You just need one little spark. Another thing about friendship that we can get tripped up on is that it doesn't always look like you expect it to, or you want it to, or how it used to look 10 years ago. 
There's a time to circle the wagons and close ranks, and there is a time to widen your net. If you are lucky enough to have someone or many someones that you're able to tell things to, to share these prompts with or discuss any heart issue that you need to, take a second today and go tell them thank you for being your person. Tell them that you don't take it for granted. If you're floundering a little bit in this department, you think you don't have anyone to tell your stuff to, I know you would be a good friend. You would listen. You would give good advice. You'd laugh when appropriate, nod when you need to. Stop depriving the world of your connection because you think you're not worthy of it. Go find someone to start laying the foundation of friendship. It might take a few tries. You probably won't get it right at first, but then you will, and it changes everything. You know, I guess if I'm being completely honest about who do I tell, I should include you. I've been sharing on the internet in one way or another for a decade, and I am regularly blown away by how strangers can come together in an online community and be so great. Social media can get a bad rap, but I am grateful for the people who share pieces of their life online and who receive my sharing so generously. So thank you for hearing me when I don't get the words exactly right, for being on my list of people I tell. I'm Laura Tremaine, and you've just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10 tellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.